my name is Keith Beavers, and I'm going to say Streets is my favorite Doja Cat song. I mean, just... What's going on, wine lovers? Welcome to episode 22 of Fine Pairs Wine 101 Podcast Season 2. My name is Keith Beavers. I am the tasting instructor of Fine Pair. How you doing? Today we're going to talk about this word called analogy. It looks weird, but it's not really that weird. It's all about science. I, it's something you may not know about, but let's just it's, it's, it's fun. It's science. Let's get into it. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by E&J Gallo Winery. At Gallo, we exist to serve enjoyment in moments that matter. The hallmark of our company has always been an unwavering commitment to making quality wine and spirits. Whether it's getting barefoot and having a great time, making everyday sparkle with LaMarca Prosecco, or continuing our legacy with Louis Martini and Napa, we want to welcome new friends to wine and share in all of life's moments. Interested in trying some of the wine brands discussed on Wine 101? Follow the link in each episode description to purchase featured wines or browse our full portfolio at BarrelRoom.com. Cheers and all the best. You know, wine lovers, um, I I love wine science. As you probably know, history, science, wine, it's my jam, you know? The thing is, you know, I've never made wine. I've never gotten my hands dirty. I think, okay, okay, I clipped a couple grapes in England once. But, but I, you know, I've never been out there and, and, and done the work. Okay, so once I was out in Long Island, I did some vineyard. But, you know, I didn't do anything. I don't have, I never had the responsibility of creating a wine. I'm fascinated with the science and I understand it in my own capacity so that I can tell you guys about it in a general manner. I'm trying to get as detailed as I can. Um, and like the upcoming episodes are going to be really fun because it's really about science. We have sulfites and wine flaws and all this stuff. But when it comes to the word enology, you know, when you, when you look it up and you start reading about enology, there's really not a lot to read about enology. It's a word, it has a definition, and then it stops there. So enology is the study of wine. It comes from the word oinos, which is Greek for wine. And when the word is written down for the public, like in an article or something, it has two different spellings and it's a little bit confusing. Enology is spelled O-E-N-O-L-O-G-Y, but it's also spelled E-N-O-L-O-G-Y without the initial O. It's a little bit confusing. And when you're reading about wine and you read the word enology, it's, it, it's inter, it almost interchanges itself. And it's a little bit confusing. I had an opportunity to get on the phone with an actual enologist, Scott Cozell. He's the vice president of winemaking at Gallo. He oversees a ton of winemaking. We talked about what enology is, why the spelling is different. It's, it, it, it's distinctions between the new world and the old world. It was an awesome conversation, and I don't think I can convey what he said better than what, the way he said it. So I'm going to put the interview here. I edited it down. I'm going to put it here for this episode. And this is a raw interview in that I, I was not prepared to be putting this you know, in this episode, but what he said was so cool, I figured I had to do it. So you might hear some references to names or wine stuff that's a little bit out of context, but just know that I'll be approaching those names and 
things in future episodes. So here's the interview, and thank you so much, Scott, for taking the time to talk to me about this stuff. It's awesome. I guess what I don't, what I'm trying to understand is like, what goes into being an enologist? Because in our world, yep. in, in, in the yep. wine world, we obsess over you guys. You know, we, we are okay. the people that buy wine. We are the ones that go and put them on wine lists. We are the ones that go to your websites and see who the enologist is for this wine. You know, we love that. But I tell somebody, oh, man, Giacomo Takis over dinner. And they're like, who the hell are you talking about, dude? You know, they don't know who Giacomo Takis yep. is. They don't know what kind of yep. stuff happens. So I guess what I'm asking for is I, I'm, I'm, I just want to give you the floor and be like, yo, Keith, this is how it goes. Like I, is it a school thing? Is it not a school thing? Can you do it out without being school? Like, like Arizona, like, 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 like Krug, um, like Charles and Harazathi, or are you, is it like you nowadays you got to go to school and do this stuff? I don't know. Do you mind riffing on this for me? <laughs> yeah. So I, I got like a, a million things spinning through my head right now. So I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can, I'll see if I can get them out in a, a, a sensible order. This is recorded, um, so go for it, man. I can piece it together. I'll okay, beautiful. <laughs> okay, beautiful, beautiful. So I, I think the first thing is that um, Europe defines or employs, not defines, Europe employs the term enologist differently than the United States does and differently than Australia. Oh. So, yeah, exactly. So like, oh, fantastic. So now it depends on where I'm standing, which damn continent I'm on. <laughs> um, right. So here in the States, in Australia, probably more new world, um, enologist is more, I'll, I'll talk about roles first, and then maybe we'll step into how I think about enology mm-hmm. versus enologist, because right. um, I view them differently. But an enologist in the new world is really almost an entry-level position. Oh. Um, you might be doing some lab work, you're doing a lot of the science stuff behind it, mm-hmm. you're, 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 you're measuring SO2s, you're measuring pHs. Um, maybe, maybe you're making some decisions on what to do in the cellar. Um, maybe you're directing the cellar, but you're not making a lot of decisions. So enologist is really an entry level role in, 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 in the new world. Um, whereas a winemaker is a much more expansive role in the new world where you're certainly employing the pieces of work the enologist used to do. And by the way, you're kind of running the cellar now. Um, you're running the bottling line often. You're probably on the road as a PR spokesperson and probably, you know, meeting with sales teams and meeting with marketers, or maybe you are the marketer. You're also out in the vineyard kind of doing viticultural stuff. Um, you're probably taking care of supply chain, making sure your bottles are ordered, corks are coming. Um, so there's a logistical piece. So the winemaker has a much more expansive role than an enologist here in the United States. Wow. In man, Europe. Keep blowing my mind here. Okay, keep going. <laughs> right, nuts. right. Nuts. Right, right. Oh, by the way, it took me like years to figure this out. <laughs> I'm talking to friends in Europe, and they're like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." You know, you know, so and so, our enologist, he's been here like 40 years. I'm like, 40 years? This dude hasn't had a promotion yet. That guy must be an idiot. <laughs> but, but no, no, they think about it the other way. They're like, "No, no, no." Enologist is the pinnacle, and they do all these things. I'm like, "Oh, right. okay." So we just use the words like 180 degrees different. Um, wow. So, so I think the, the the term as a job classification is very confusing if you think about it globally. So it doesn't help anything, anybody at all at that point. You're like, that's just baloney. Wow. Now, enology. Yeah. Enology, I, I do think is, I, I like the classic definition, it's what I still use, of it's the science and study of wine. Separate from grapes, so enology, separate from grapes, because even if you right. look at the, the, the wine schools around the globe, 
Um, they're usually viticulture, grape study, mm-hmm. and enology department. So the study of grapes and the study of uh, wine. Okay. And they treat them somewhat, they treat them somewhat separately. They're different courses, different sets of professors. Um, most of the students, like myself, 20 plus years ago, mm-hmm. um, take courses in each of those fields, um, but you have an emphasis. So mine was more on the enological side. Um, and I think, you know, enology, this is why I loved enology when I went back to school. So this is my second career. My, my first career is a mechanical engineer, which I did for a decade. And then I quit my job and moved my family and across state lines, sold our house. Um, I went back to school to study enology. Um, and it's, and it's really a synthesis of other basic sciences, biology, chemistry, chemistry, micro, micro, microbiology, sensory science. Sensory science. Um, Oh, I love sensory science. I don't know enough about it, but I love it. (laughs) Right, right, right. Exactly. We all do because you get to taste and you get to make some choices and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Was that Um, perception thresholds and stuff like that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's the sensory science piece of it that, you know, one might learn in a formal education, you know, here in the States or in Australia or, you know, uh, in Europe as well. It's where you're learning how these all fit together um, and learning how choices you make with respect to biology and chemistry cascade into or affect the sensory experience one might have later. And so it's really, and that's why I like enology, the study of all these things at once, how they interact, how the chemistry affects the yeast and the biology and how that in turn affects, you know, the sensory aspects of, you know, the consumer's experience, uh, you know, many years later. Uh, so it's really fascinating stuff. Um, the, 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 you know, enology piece of it. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, I'm sorry, go back here a little bit to the, you know, enology or enologist versus wine maker. Yeah. Um, you know, I think here in the States, um, the enologist, um, or at least the study of enology is really understanding the choices that are in front of you. Doesn't cast oh. a uh, an opinion on them, but just understanding, like you know, SO two. I could add SO two and it does this, or I could not add add SO two, and maybe this happens instead. Right. Understanding the choices. I think winemaking here in the states uh, and the rest of the new world is making those choices and understanding the ramifications. But you're now making that choice. Whereas enology is just like, look, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You know, option right. A, option B, whatever, they're your choices. But the winemaker is now making that choice because the winemaker's got to get, you know, he doesn't get like a billion options to go to bottle. He gets one because we're in a bottle, one wine at the end of the day or the end of the month. Right. Um, and it's a summation of all those choices that the winemaker, he or she has made over the last several years with respect to that wine. Um, so it's, I, I draw the distinction a little bit differently with, you know, enology, enologists, understanding the choices. But why makers understand them, but also now making them, um, wow. you know, and having to live with those decisions. It's like, sir, ma'am, these are the results of the data that we have. Okay. And then you yeah. tell that to the winemaker. The winemaker is, okay, thank you for that data. I will now take it right. and apply it to the future. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's and, incredible. you know, one of the, one of the other winemakers I work with, he, he, he sums it up almost exactly that way. He says, look, the job of the winemaker isn't to, you know, uh, generate all the data. It's to assemble all the data, understand it, and make a choice at the end of the day because we're only going to do one thing. We're not going to do 50 things. We're going to do one thing uh, to that wine. And that's make it, do it, add something, not add something, act now or act later. Um, so, you know, 
Dude, my, yeah, that, that's my that's brain mind. hurts with awesome. I'm like, I, I'm like, this is incredible. I, I love this stuff. This is great. Oh yeah, it is insane. So okay, so yep. let's make it. Yep. Dis- can I make a distinction here then? Because that sounds yep. like that that that's the new world, and that sounds like a collaborative effort between a bunch of people doing really cool stuff. You have a yep. vineyard manager, yep. and you have a winemaker. You have an enologist. And you know, I'm, I'm sure the lines blur sometimes, but there's like there's that nice cooperation, collaboration between these three skills that can help create yep. something beautiful. So exactly. in how does it, do you know how different it is in Europe or are you, are you like, look, they just, this is the way they do it. So I, I think it's very similar, um, but they're simply using different titles for the role. Meaning oh. what, what we in the United States would call a winemaker in Europe, they're going to call it an enologist. That's all. They're okay. going to have the exact same, same sets of activities, meaning the enologist in uh, Europe or in France or Spain or whoever it might be, Maybe mainly France, Italy, Germany, those are your, those are your uh, more traditional um, winemaking countries. Uh, their enologist is going to go out to the vineyard and talk to the, the, the grape grower, and they're going to, you know, be in the lab, understanding the chemistry coming out of it. And the enologist in Europe is going to be making those choices that are made here in the States by a winemaker. That's crazy. Which is almost, almost a reversal of titles and activities. Wow. Yep. Because, I mean, I think, you know, when you look at the history of California, you have Helen Turley, um, Mia Mia Klein, Celia Welch, Thomas Rivers Brown. It's kind of the the, kind of like he's been blowing up. These uh, uh, Heidi Peterson Barrett, like they did some serious work back in the 90s to usher in a trend. They were, they, their skills helped usher in a trend, but what they were doing is they weren't trying, I don't know that they were trying to create or maintain a trend, but they had ideas which then became trends. Yes. I think that's more appropriately stated that, that last piece. Yeah. The latter. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. I think, I think their approach was their approach and it became trendy. So, I mean, their approach is whatever was, you know, you can, you tell them to these examples, um, you know, really ripe grapes. Um, carrying through the higher alcohol wines mm-hmm. with significant extraction, tremendous color, mm-hmm. um, really, really showy. Um, I think really exciting wines, particularly right from the get-go, right from the get-go. Right. R- released and they look fantastic. Um, and I think that was a, a new concept, you know, 25, 28, and that's quite 30 years ago, but, you know, like you said, mid-90s. And critics embraced it. Um, you know, Bob, Bob Parker, clearly the one that folks talk about a lot. Um, he embraced and said, wow, this is really cool. I like this. It gives them good scores. It drives sales. Bada boom. <laughs> and now everyone else is like, well, we, we want to sell like they're selling volume and price wise. Right. Okay. Let's, 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 you know, evolve our style to match that a little bit more closely. Right. That's why Screaming Eagle came out on top in the beginning because of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and so that's the thing. So then there's this idea of the traveling winemaker or as the, as the Europeans would say, the the traveling enologist. So, uh, and so Helen Turley and all these, this list of awesome people back in the nineties doing the good work in California. Are they enologists? Are they winemakers? I think here in the States we would call, we would call them winemakers for sure. Because they are involved, right? Industry. They're, they're out in the vineyard, um, you know, identifying clonal material to plant, uh, you know, trellising systems, uh, management throughout the season as well. They're involved in all those things. I think, as most winemakers here in the United States are. 
I, I think that's fairly common. Uh, we'll call it kind of guess HRE job description, if you will, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, those are the activities that I think a, a winemaker, title of winemaker, would be expected to do uh, here in the United States. What a fun common. little conundrum we have here. We have oh yeah, yeah. A, we have oh, yeah. Jancis Robinson writing in the Oxford Wine Companion about enologists, defining yeah. enology, defining what an enologist is on the yep. level of what the European model believes. Here I am, an yeah. American in the new world, reading about it, and I have to make that distinction now. There's Now I know there's yeah. a distinction that has to be made between the two. And it's not like it's wrong yeah. or right or this or that or, no, no, no. or good. It's just different, and that's how we understand it. Yep, exactly, exactly. Wow. And, you know, because whether, whether you're, you know, sitting in Bordeaux as the enologist or sitting in, uh, you know, uh, St. Helena as the winemaker, the things you're going to do today, you know, today's Wednesday or whatever, midday, are pretty much the same thing. Right. <laughs> you're going to be out in the vineyard this time of the year, you know, checking to see what the buying status is, how they're looking, is, you know, leaf pulling at an appropriate stage, are we ready for a heat spell, you know, this upcoming weekend, what's going on, um, take my last look before the heat so I can come back next week and see what kind of impact it had, none, some, a lot. Um and so, you know, their activities today would be almost identical. Scott, have we come yep. back to It Starts in the Vineyard? <laughs> have we come back to Mother Nature? I think we did oh, a oh, unquestionably. full circle to Mother Nature here, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, no question. No that, question. I love it. Yep. I, mean, I love that you guys are able to harness this through science. I think it's, I think it's phenomenal. But, you know, we talk about how wine is made and people are making wines, you know, in different ways and different styles. There's a bunch of stuff now like, you know, if, as, as if you would like an epoise, which is a very stinky cheese, maybe you like a wine that has a bunch of Britannomyces on it or a yeah, wine with a bunch exactly. of volatile city and that's your jam. And you want you don't really want the fruit. Yep. You want the savory and all and all that. And I just find it interesting that in that way, as, an, as a scientist and a chemist, you are actually saying things like, you know what? I know the Britannomyces. I, I know the Britannomyces is going to eat the fruit after the, the Saccharomyces dies. And I'm cool with that. Yeah. You're, making yep. that you're making that That's decision. Right. That's insane. That's right. That's, right. That's exactly right. And, <laughs> I'm and, and, you know, my barrel. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, I'm just going to let it ride. Right. I'm not going to worry too much about it. I'm, I'm going to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just going to let it ride. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, offer a little bit lower sulfurs. I'm going to maybe not sanitize my barrels as frequently as I would otherwise. Um, I'm going to let my pH get a little bit higher. And, that, and the, you add those two or three things together, you're like, okay, my probability of getting Britannomyces has now gone up. Okay, and, I know those things, and I'm cool with it. So you still had to do work. <laughs> you know, it's like you still got to do it. Unfortunately, yeah, we still have to do some work. Right, yeah. right. Yep. Scott, beyond, beyond just tasting. This has yep. been – you blew my mind, man. I really appreciate well, you good. taking the time. This is great. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. If, you know, I do these podcasts, you know, I'm the guy talking all the time. I, yeah. I may, I may just publish this interview, man. Like we just talked. I may just put this out. This was fun. I mean, I, this is a part of wine that's always been not mysterious to me, but never fully understood. And I understood it. I understand it fully now. I just don't know that I can explain that's it great. as good as you can. Would you be okay <laughs> if I put you on the episode? Not a problem at all. Okay. Not a problem at all. That's awesome. This is, this is great. This is- you see what I'm saying? He wraps it all up, all nice with a little bow on it, so we all understand what enology is. 
And just so you guys know, Jockey Motakis was the enologist in Tuscany responsible for pretty much ushering in the Super Tuscan movement. Helen Turley is a very famous uh, winemaker, and there's a, and everyone that I listed are also very famous, which one day I will go over all that with you guys. You'll notice we dipped into a little bit of a Britannomyces sulfites thing there. I'll be talking about that as well. Also, Agaston, Harazathi, Charles Krug, these are very important players in the history of California wine and the wine in America in general. So at some point we'll talk about all that, but this episode was about enology and I hope you got from it what I got from it, which is like, I get it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Scott Cozell, Vice President of Winemaking at Gallo. Thank you. Find Pear Keith is my Insta. Rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps get the word out there. And now for some totally awesome credits. Wine 101 was produced, recorded, and edited by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the Vine Pair headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mallon for creating Vine Pair. And I mean, big shout out to Danielle Grinberg, the art director of Vine Pair, for creating the most awesome logo for this podcast. Also, Darby Seaside for the theme song. Listen to this. And I want to thank the entire Vine Pair staff for helping me learn something new every day. See you next week. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by E&J Gallo Winery. At Gallo, we exist to serve enjoyment in moments that matter. The hallmark of our company has always been an unwavering commitment to making quality wine and spirits. Whether it's getting barefoot and having a great time, making everyday sparkle with La Marca Prosecco, or continuing our legacy with Louis Martini and Napa. We want to welcome new friends to wine and share in all of life's moments. Interested in trying some of the wine brands discussed on Wine 101? Follow the link in each episode description to purchase featured wines or browse our full portfolio at BarrelRoom.com. Cheers and all the best.